Today on Kiwis in Business, I'm joined by Meryl McNeil, a dairy farmer from Otago. Meryl and his wife Alex run Holy Cow, a milk and milk-based dairy product company supplying to locals in the region. Using only glass bottles and developing milk dispenser units to enable more people to buy milk in a more sustainable fashion, Meryl is here to take us on his business journey, a very exciting and colourful one that spans 50 years. Well, let's get into it, Meryl, and uh, you can just sort of give me a bit of background on you and your wife and the business. Yeah, I grew up on a little farm in the United States, near Baltimore, um, East Coast. My dad got out of farming in the late 50s, couldn't make a go of, uh, of it, kept the farm, switched from cattle to sheep. But I grew up with a, a, a family cow, and my grandfather had uh, Guernseys, milk and Guernseys, and he'd been in the glass bottle milk business since the 1920s. Yes. And I used to go over, walk over the hill to his farm and help out. Um, oh, wow. I kind of got out of it for a while until I was at university, and I ended up working on a couple of dairy farms and to keep money coming in during school. And my wife and I, we've been together since 1970, worked on a, a Jersey farm that sold um, glass bottled Jersey milk in 1973, and that was uh, pretty slick. So I've been kind of working towards coming back to that for years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did sell milk commercially, you know, a a bigger herd in the United States in the early 1980s. Um, Milk price crashed, went into a different business, kept the farm again, sold Mm -hmm. that and moved here in 2001. Bought a small farm here. Um, Whereabouts is here for our listeners? Yeah, we're in Port Chalmers. We're Bob Carey's Bay. Down in Dunedin. So, the Dunedin area. Yeah. yeah. Bought some good Jersey calves, raised them, started milking here in 2003. Didn't have a great market at that point for glass bottle milk. Sold some, but it, it's been building up very slowly ever since. And, and now mm. we're, we can't make enough milk. So Fantastic. I, I expanded to another farm and I'm raising more heifers. So we'll be doubling our herd size by next year and tripling it the year after. So try to keep up with demand. That's that's where we are. And then we yeah. do a bit of milk processing, cream and uh, skim milk and yogurt and bits and pieces like that as well. Your your milk is pasteurized, isn't it? So it's um it's pasteurized. That's right. Yeah, we started out doing raw milk. Um, we ran into trouble with a heifer that tested positive for TB, and that meant no raw milk sales for five years. So I set up a pasteurizer, um, and and uh, I'm doing paperwork to go back into raw milk which I would be able to do, let's just say, the early part of this coming year if everything works out for the next TB test, which I'm expecting it to do. But mm. I would do both pasteurized and raw milk because I have a lot of, uh, maybe as many as 28 outlets at the moment mm-hmm. that, that I would need to sell pasteurized milk to and I don't want to let them down by mm. switching completely. Oh, I'm really fascinated in your journey. I mean, you, you and your wife, you met in the 70s. That's lovely. How did you, did you guys meet while you were both working in the farming industry? No, we met in boarding school of all places, high school sweethearts. So, oh, lovely. Yeah, 1970, yep. So she's American? Yeah. yeah. And do you have children? 
business yeah yeah great my granddaughter sells milk at the farmer's market for me she's in high school so <laughs> um, so yeah a, a bit of family mixed up in it i'm really particularly interested meryl in talking to you about glass bottles because i know you know my grandparents and my parents grew up with the, the glass milk bottles even i did as a, as a, as a small child sure. and it was just such a sustainable way of operating you know in terms of not using plastic bottles better for the environment but I know that that's not feasible and, and I suppose these big milking companies have probably looked into that bringing them back and it just hasn't worked out so what you know what do you have to say about that because obviously you're doing it on a small scale to provide people with their milk in glass bottles what well, I'd love to hear um, about that first of all I've got a few and not very many I'm sorry to say of my grandfather's glass bottles and they could be as old as 1925 and they're still usable wow so and I have a reasonable number of glass bottles that are pints as opposed to 600 mils so they're you know 40 or 50 years old so they'll go they can go a long long time mm. Um, mm. that's number one number two Tastes better in glass. Mm, plastic. It does. <laughs> I don't trust it. That's all. It's just nasty. So, yeah, the, um, there was a, a relatively small Dunedin milk co-op that sold milk and glass bottles until 2003, and they had 60 small farms supplying it, and they delivered milk all over town. So, not a not an insignificant amount of milk. Mm-hmm. And that worked fine, but they were bought by a man who had a plastic bottle business, and he, um, they smashed the bottles, and they cut all the equipment up in little tiny pieces so no one could use it, and switched over to plastic. And that's that was, a, I think, a, a, a nasty business decision as opposed to um, something that mm-hmm. all glass bottles are impractical. But mm-hmm. they take a bit of work. It, you, know, yeah. you know, we we we're washing manually sometimes eight hundred bottles a day with a with a two head bottle washer. Um, eight hundred bottles a day. Sometimes, yep, yep. And so that gets repetitive, and that's why I'm switch I'm switching over slowly to dispensers where people will wash their own bottles and bring them in, fill them, and then mm. then we'll. we'll cut back a bit on the on the washing chore. Can you please explain to me, because I'm not I'm up in Auckland, so can we get your milk up here? No. Um, I sent to Wanaka, that's probably the farthest, the Wamaru, Karatani, Waitati, Dunedin. Uh, I have a bit of milk that goes to Cromwell and Alexandria, and that's that's the range Great. at the moment. And, that's, and that being said, I don't really have enough milk for, for that, that market at the moment. I had an order for yogurt from Wellington, and I haven't, I never worked out a way of getting it there. The, the refrigerated transport people wanted bigger volumes. Um, one place said, well, if our minimum 
order for shipping is four hundred dollars a week, and I'm not there, so mm. I'm, I'm not sending it. <laughs> I'm not sending any of it very far at the moment. No. So, so, yeah. so I guess back to that then. So because you know I'm not I'm not down in Dunedin, and I don't I haven't seen your range at the local markets or in the local right. shops. Talk us through the process if we were going to go to buy a bottle of your your milk in the glass packaging. When right. we're finished with that, do you have a collection or a drop off point for the bottles? How do you redeem them back and then obviously re- refill them again? A lot of milk goes at the farmers market. That's probably the equivalent of of two days a week of, of milking, sometimes more. At the farmers market, we charge a deposit on the bottles. Um, and and we have regulars who probably paid that deposit, you know, a couple of years ago. They bring their bottles in. They take new bottles full back. We come back with a truckload of empty bottles. Um, the shops that sell it, same kind of thing. There's the deposit there. People bring in their bottles. If they don't have a bottle, and they're having to pay for a deposit on another bottle. And then mm. next time around, they're more, more likely to bring them in. But Yes. Yeah, we we lose a certain amount of bottles, but but uh, mm. it, it, the system works pretty well, really. That's great. Well, good on you. And look, I know you've been in business quite a long time. Gosh, are we talking fifty years now that you've been working in the dairy <laughs> industry? So well, you're seventy three. If you look at seventy three, yeah, we're looking at yeah, yeah. for a, a little while for sure. Yeah. So, what have yeah. been some of your biggest lessons in business over that period of time? Well, I've had a couple different businesses going because when I didn't have the cows going, I was mixed up in construction and then design business. One thing I've taken from that is that there's not a lot of integrity in some businesses. And and those people seem to do fine for a while and then get caught out. So I would would say integrity is Mm -hmm. key. To, to a long-term business, not just a couple of years. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, mm. The other lessons, well, the farm worked out in 73. He didn't believe in price gouging. In other words, it, it was you know, a good product at a fair price, and I've tried to keep that as a, as a maximum as well. So you're fair and you're, you're using integrity and you're – being fair in everything that you, you try to do. And I suppose with working with your family, they all have the same values as you. And so running a business together with the same values must make things a lot more straightforward. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm not answering to a board of, you know, like a, like a corporation or anything like that. We're saying, hey, we want more profits. I'm, I'm saying this is the price of milk. And, and with the dispensers, I'm um, I'm going to probably drop my prices um, because I don't have as much time into it. I've had people say, "Oh no, we're used to paying this." Well, no, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I'll see how it goes. But, okay. Yeah. And where do the dispensers go? Are they going to be at the farmers markets or at cafes or dairies down there? Well, the dispensers will be on the on the farm shop, and that's. It's essentially Port Chalmers, so it's about 10 or 12 kilometers from downtown Dunedin. And a lot of people do drive out here from from all over, really, to, to the farm shop. So it's my expectation that'll keep going as, as well. Great. Now, Meryl, I'm really fascinated in the company name. I think it must be a cool marketing story or reason behind this. How did you come up with the name Holy Cow? <laughs> 
Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was, had, to, had to think of something, and it just kind of came. And then my daughter actually did the logo. She did on the painting for the logo. Well, we had, a, we had a family brainstorming session, and I said, well, I want Pigs with Wings as a literary reference to P.G. Woodhouse and Lewis Carroll and um, with a banner, and so we threw that in, and it, it mm. has in the background... Um, the peninsula, and I was right on the harbor, and we look across at the peninsula, and there's that's the that's the scene in the background, the peninsula hills. So mm. um, you know, it is, a, it is a particular cow that was on on, on, the, on the thing as well, and she has a bell, and I was given five bells from France by a, a school that I did a lot of volunteer work for. So tell me about that. So you were over in France working on a, well, at a school. My wife was a school principal at a Steiner school, and I did lots and lots of work there, getting buildings going and, you know, building fences and stuff like that. And a fellow teacher had a pen pal in France whose family business was making cowbells, so she ordered bells from uh-huh. this place, and, they, you know, they're up in their French Alps, and that's, yeah, hmm. that's what I, why I have them. It's nice. And so when you're not busy on the farm because I can imagine that's a, a very much a full-time gig still um <laughs> okay I'll give you my schedule uh alarm is off quarter five up oh. around five fifteen. I do a bit of paperwork and, and phone messages 5 30 health is born after news at six then pretty much midday to one o'clock I'm done with the morning chores and then I do well I've been working on fences across the road. We were trying to get the buildings over there fixed up. All this winter, I did night milking, which which mm-hmm. would end up around eight fifteen at night. So that was that's the that was a typical winter schedule, um, seven days a week. Mm. So there's not much rest for the wicked. Uh, when I get in, I, I, I sit down because <laughs> I'm not as young as I used to be. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and do a bit of reading. So no computers, no cell phones, none of that stuff. So I'm, I'm uh, doing a bit of reading at, at night. Yeah. And look, when we first touched base, I said, you know, I would like to interview you for my podcast because really interested in what you're doing down there in the, in the region and the glass bottles and the sustainability. Sure. And just, yep. yeah, I was really, I guess, refreshed to hear that you you don't have a computer, you don't have the internet at home, and you don't have a cell phone, you just have a landline. <laughs> Good on you. Well, and, that's right. Yep. With that, have you found that that's been uh, a hurdle or or set you back in any way with running a business? No. Well, I didn't even have credit cards or FPOS, um, and I do now because during lockdown, the wholesale food supplier I, I deal with said, oh, we won't take cash. And I said, well, I'll write you a check because I've written them checks. I said, we won't take checks. So I had to go borrow my wife's card. She's got one of those cards. Um, and mm. then I ended up getting one myself just to keep going. But mm. Mm. Um, I would say no. There's, you know, my, my daughter has a cell phone. My granddaughter does Facebook stuff. Um, you know, there's always people. There seems to be people in the family who are able to deal with it if I need it, but I don't need it too often. Most of my, my regular orders, um, it's a standing order every week for the cafes, 
Mm-hmm. And if they need to change it, they need more, they need less, they leave a message, and I play that message at 5.30 in the morning. So yeah. it, the system works all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. creaky, but it works all right. Despite the fact that you, as the owner, don't have a computer, you still have a good social media presence, and, and you do your, your Instagram page really well, and that's how I found out about you. So who, okay. run, who runs that, and who runs your, your the accounts and, you know, the banking, online banking, all of those things that are really essential to um, I, I should start by saying I know that there is an online presence, but I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> people tell me that it's there, you know, and they say, oh, we see you had a calf this week. And I said, yeah, no, they must have seen that on the computer. But but still, um, my, my granddaughter and my daughter and my daughter's partner do the bulk of that stuff. And you just trust. Yeah. You just have the, you just know they're doing a good job and you can leave it to them. And you, you, uh, Everything's going I, well. Even if they're not doing a good job, <laughs> okay. I can't fire them. They're family members. So, oh, yeah. maybe they're not. No, I don't hey. micromanage them. How's that sound? No, yeah. good, good one. We don't like micromanagers, so very good. No. <laughs> oh, great. And look, what's on the cards for you, Meryl? Because I know you and your wife, Alex, you're definitely, what, yep. a retirement age? Or where are you sitting uh, with the well, future? Uh, I've, I've, I've been getting a gold card a couple of years ago, so that's where I am. Not that old. My dad sold his sheep at age 90. He kept going until 90, and I said, well, if my dad can do it, I should be able to do that. But I am depending more on people helping out. Yes. I've got a couple of people coming and help um, bottle on a couple of days a week, and then I have uh, oh, a couple of young guys who come out weekends to help out, so yeah, I'm, oh. I'm not doing as much. But, no. But, oh, good yeah. on you. Really good on you. And look, just one last sort of question to close the loop. As as you know, and I've mentioned to you, this, this podcast is really getting out there and interviewing a range of New Zealanders who run a range of businesses. And it's really great to speak to you because we haven't actually had anyone on the show from Dunedin. But what, okay. yeah, what advice would you give to people that are looking at starting their own business or trying something new, you know, especially right now with the, the current world climate, we've seen a lot of people starting their own right. business. Yeah, yeah, so someone like you who's been in, in your own business for quite some time, love to hear your advice. I'm an older guy and I probably had a salary or a, 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 a paid job for two, no more than two and a half years since let's just say 1980. Um, I think that's safe. Uh, I never had capital to speak of. Whoopsie, is that your people? Yep. The, um, and, and I just kind of launched in and you you try stuff and if, a, if the money's not working, you try something else. So you have to have nerves of steel, I think, Mm-hmm. And and a and a a bit of bullheadedness and a bit of self confidence and usually it works out. My advice it's, is, don't do a lot of analysis. Um, just try it. And I like that. Adapt as you go along. That's my best advice. How's that? Sound? Really like that. Follow your gut instinct. Really, isn't that too? Yeah. Yeah. One business, I had two hundred dollars in the bank when I started that one. I said, "Well, mm. gotta do it." So, yeah, it, it, it can work out if you if you if you bull ahead at it. Mm, that's lovely. But you have to have yeah. an understanding family. In other words, mm. I don't want, to, don't want to tell you the times I've put my, some of my family members through tricky times mm. um, as things go up and down. But 
Oh, that's yeah. really nice advice, especially at, at the current time, you know. So, look, oh, yeah. one last thing before we go, and I normally ask people that are on the interview, what is your website address? But as you, you mentioned, you don't <laughs> have a website. <laughs> so, so I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with this. Um, I've had a look online and I've spotted your Instagram page, and I'll just tell our listeners what that is, so they can check it out after the interview. So, on Instagram, people can go to at Holy cow, Dunedin. And then that's how they can see your, your great page and all your photos and what you're getting up to. So really appreciate okay. appreciate your time today, Meryl, and I'll let you have a little siesta before you get back out there and start milking again. Okay, no problem. Thanks a lot. <laughs>